Episode one of the Spidey Dude Experience starts now. Hey everybody, Zach Joyner here. If you're just catching this, the first episode of, of Spidey Dude Experience, you have missed out on our episode zero. If you want to listen to this in the audio version on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. And so, yeah, you've got a little bit to catch up on because we're going to pick up right where we left off from last episode where we're covering the, uh, reviewing the Back to Basics arc in Amazing Spider-Man. The next Spencer run starts with it, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 802, and starts running from there, so we pick, pick up and hit the ground running, starting with the free comic book day issue. us on on either facebook or youtube you'll be seeing me kind of uh maybe maybe see me looking up and i'm I'm directing traffic so to speak um paul i'm gonna apologize in advance because i may take a couple shots at slots so uh (laughs) i i i I read i read the entire slot run uh front front frontwards to backwards and there was things i liked about it truth be told uh oh yeah paul you may have to unmute um Oh, I'm unmuted so, now. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So, um, after 10 years of Dan Slott's, uh, Dan Slott writing Spider-Man, we finally get a brand new voice, uh, a different voice for Spider-Man for the first time, really since 2007. Nick Spencer was the writer of the well-received book, The Superior Foes of Spider-Man, during the our detour in publishing history of Amazing Spider-Man, where we had The Superior Spider-Man, who wasn't as superior as we thought, if you read the story. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Otley was womp, the womp. longtime artist of Invincible, a book that was one of the best titles from Image Comics, the largest independent publisher of comic books. And so together they shepherded a, they would start to shepherd a new era of Spider-Man that was teased in the, very much the same way that uh, Slot and the Webheads and the, uh, and the Brain Trust were uh, back in 2007, which was uh, the free comic book day. Now, Free Comic Book Day is a is an event that's been going on for the last several years. It's always the first weekend in May. Now, 2020 was the exception because, <laughs> let's face it, 2020 has been a weird year in general. Um, so Free Comic Book Day was supposed to be, happen um, this last May, but now we just now uh, a few weeks ago actually got the uh, Free Comic Book Day issue, and which is actually really good if you haven't. Uh, we'll be reviewing that uh, in, a, in a future episode. So May 5th, 2018, it brought us the uh, glimpse of things to come as Dan Slott was winding down his run. Uh, with he, Dan Slott r- winded his run down with 801. Uh, so I'm going to be using legacy numbering. I hope everybody's okay with that. Uh, it's just, to me, I, I 
wish that we didn't have all these reboots and resets and all that thing. You know, just give me give me eight hundred. Uh, give me the big numbers. I, I'm the exact opposite of Marvel, I guess, in their in their marketing department. But uh, it would be Volume Five, Number One, uh, also known as uh, Eight Hundred Two. So, uh, but first, we're gonna get the ten page story where which whets the appetites of those who were possibly looking to get into Spider-Man again if they had fallen off the wagon or if they were like me and started collecting during controversial time in Spider-Man's life. They keep reading because they have a problem. Like me, I have a problem. Our story begins with a retelling in a single panel of how he started off as Spider-Man. Bite, then Ben gets shot, and bang, uh, he's Spider-Man. I encourage you to go back and read Amazing Fantasy 15. He also punches Doc Ock in the face, which... If you've read Superior, you might have wanted to do that, too. Peter Parker is literally going back to basics. He's living with Randy Robinson again, which was the only enjoyable thing that came from the era known as the reboot. Yes, kids, that was a dark time indeed. They are apartment hunting by actually looking for an apartment instead of using the Internet and or meet with the, actually meet with a scummy landlord who basically is like, oh, you get a view of the dumpster. Uh after complaining about uh, rent control in uh, Marvel 616, the uh, duo are just walking around the city when they suddenly are put into a bad situation. That's right. It's Boomerang, She-Electro, a.k.a. Electro. I just call her She-Electro because Max Dillon's Electro, and we can't call her Electro because, well, yeah. Uh, the Rhino and the Big Wheel. Yes, kids, the Big Wheel was a lame villain that was from the 1970s who ran over things, literally, and... Uh, he also rides a giant wheel, so it's a deep cut, as as Peter uh, notes in his uh, inner monologue. And uh, so it's kind of like a big, it's kind of like that big space wheel, actually, from Avengers Endgame. If you watched Avengers Endgame, you, you remember the space space wheel where Peter Parker's spider sense kind of, you know, goes off for the first time in MCU. Yeah, yeah. anybody? Wait, wait, I have a question. Isn't the big wheel also responsible for Rocket Racer, or am I thinking the Prowler? Am I getting those two mixed uh, up? Well, they they. Well, they were two separate characters, but they ended up uh, Prowler and Rocket Racer ended up teaming up with the Outlaws, and then during the nineties, they actually um, well, no, Big, but isn't Big, but originally Big Wheel was a part like he was tied to the Prowler or something like that back yeah. in the early, early issues. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I think so. Adam, do you do you remember offhand? I'll unmute you. Um, I I think that I, well, Big Wheel came. From what I remember, he I think he came up like shortly after Rocket Racer was introduced. I don't know if they have anything to do with the Prowler because I think like because Rocket Racer, if I'm remembering correctly, I think he's kind of a, a bit of a you know tech guy right. mechanic. Like he kind of did all himself, like how because well because but also Prowler like did that with his own stuff. So we got two kind of right, but didn't big, similar, yeah. But didn't one of them know, work for Big Wheel, and then like they—that's how Spider-Man got involved with them. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll so look Rocket, that up. Okay. So sure. according to, according oh. to uh, the fictional character biography from that great site called uh, Wikipedia, yes. <laughs> Jackson Jackson face site. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jackson will. Yeah, that was uh, he embezzled from his own company. Fearing that he might be caught, he hires a youthful criminal rocket racer to steal the engine that incriminates him. So, yes, you were correct. Rocket Racer was involved. He was supposed to steal the evidence. So, yes. Uh, and then Rocket Racer and, and Prowler ended up being part of a team called the Outlaws that was by Silver yeah. Stable from the uh, Web of Spider-Man run in the 90s. Jerry Conn, right? Did he write that? Yeah, I think I think Conway. That was when Conway was writing both Spectacular and Web of Spider-Man at the same time. Oh man, 
Yeah, I think it was during the Actually, actually, I think it was. I think it was. What happened was. Maybe. Rocket Racer and yeah. Prowler were fighting in the great game from the Clone Saga, and Prowl, uh, Rocket <laughs> Racer got almost paralyzed, or either Rocket Racer or Prowler, one or the other, almost got paralyzed. In fact, it was it was Prowler, and so Prowler actually, <laughs> this was during the uh, setup during the Amazing Spider-Man run with Tom DeFalco, and then like uh, Todd DeZago picked it up as like a, a subplot with Prowler. There was like a three issue arc. In a show, yeah, and we'll talk right. about that more in a show, a future show, on Spidey Radio Network. How's that for a tease? Bang! All right. Ooh, cliffhanger. Ooh. All right. So Boomerang stole something from the Natural History Museum because that's what Boomerang does. And Peter uses the excuse that he needs to take pictures for the bugle, but he's not a photographer anymore. But it still works because, you know, she electro shoots electricity from her fingers and science demands it. Spidey separates the group using Rhino, having Rhino use his head to smash into a car, and Boomerang, well, he got smashed into a, into, into Rhino, too. With Electro, he, she tried to attempt to fry Spidey, but instead over, uh, fried the big wheel and overloaded him. Peter then webs away and try, and saves the day. Kingpin returns, and we get an aside that Kingpin was, uh, that Kingpin was stolen by Daredevil, which, was kind of, which made me laugh out loud. So Kingpin thinks he, uh, he's gotten the prize, but... Uh, Psych! Boomerang escapes. Peter then meets with Randy, and they find a three-bedroom, not a two-bedroom apartment. The third roommate? Oh, yes. It's another, none other than Fred himself. Boomerang! That's right. And that's how the uh, free comic book day issue ends, with Fred introducing himself to Peter Parker. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of talk about both of these, like both this and issue one together, because I kind of feel like they, they, they fit together. Um, because really there, you, you get an aside in issue one about what happened in this, but, uh, I, I just kind of feel like they, 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 they flex together really well. So we'll, I'm going to do my recap of issue one. Then I'll kind of give my thoughts about what I liked and stuff. So our issue opens with a dream sequence of issue one, issue eight Oh one is, uh, is the issue that we're, that, uh, that we're going to be covering now or eight Oh two, sorry. Eight Oh two. Oof. Our issue opens with a dream sequence that directly references the sensational annual that was published in 2006 before Brand New Day. So if you haven't picked that up, I definitely encourage you to look that and find that's a really, really great MJ Spidey story. Peter's awoken by his roommate, Fred, playing Call of Duty Latveria. Peter has a big appointment at ESU. But first, we get a double-played splash of the Avengers, X-Men, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the FF fighting an alien invasion. But of course, Peter shows up, and then everybody's pissed off. What? Why? It's because Fisk is trying to make Peter Parker the hero of New York. And kind of like Spider-Man 2 by Raimi if it was done in the 616. So Fisk has his own motives, but we, uh, we'll, we'll learn about that a little bit later. We cut back to Daredevil, who stupidly still doesn't know who Peter Parker is. And yes, I am a little bitter. Johnny and Peter banter, but then we must smash cut back to ESU, where Peter is finally outed as a plagiarist. Sorry, 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 Paul. Hey, I've got there. How much Dude. time you got? We can uh, talk about this for a long time. That's one of my big. This is one of my big pros of the issue, actually. Exactly. Happened, right? <laughs> this is this is okay. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is basically due to Otto getting a degree in Peter's name when he was in Peter's body. Brilliant. Uh, he's then brilliant. Yes, uh, he is then fired subsequently as the science editor. 
while Robbie acts like it's 1997 again, thinking that Peter Parker uh, is Spider-Man. And then we also then cut to MJ's reaction, which literally is, well, should be the reaction if you're, if you're, you know, Peter Parker's friend and know who he's Spider-Man, which is laughter. Uh, she literally laughs it in his face because only Peter really could have this bad of luck. Um, Peter thinks that something's missing. Hmm. Hmm. So, hmm. like, Peter's like, oh, crap, Aunt May's going to find out. So uh, she oh, then comically tries to go get, like, the newspaper, turn off the TV. But Aunt May is hip with the kids, and so she gets Google alerts just like uh, other people do if they had their nephew as, you know, a science editor of the Daily Bugle. So, obviously, he's very unsuccessful. She kind of gives him a little bit of a kind of a talking to like, I'm really, really disappointed in you that you just didn't take responsibility for this because frankly, she should know he's Spider-Man. Anyway, more on that later. <laughs> uh, Peter contemplates his death at, at a certain point thinking that, Oh man, I'm, I, I need to go, go take care of this alien invasion. I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to be the hero. And he makes one of the worst, like really bad jokes on the way out. And he's like, please don't let this be my last joke. Where he literally says, bye, Felicia, the black cat. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it, was, I mean, it was a power move. It, it, it really was. It's one of those. It it's, really very, was. it's very, uh, very much the, you know, kind of a, it, it's funny, but it's also like kind of very bad. Very bad, dry humor. Very yeah, dry but, humor. But that's, that's Spider-Man though, to me. Like that's, yeah, sure, sure. he's going to like say things that are current and make fun of them and date himself because okay. it's obvious. That's just who he is. That's always been Spider-Man. I, I agree. I agree. There, there's there's a certain element. I I, I like when sense. when Spidey makes good jokes, but like when he's like the butt of the joke, I have a bit of a problem. He's not. The, but I wouldn't say that's the butt of the joke, though. Like, he's just, there, he, he's not even. He's not even a um. Even in like one of the even one of the later panels, which is more of a physical gag, he's not. It's not really at his expense. It's right. more just like you know, grand. Uh, you know take me jesus come to jesus moment and then you know just rudely interrupted by by a literal wall (laughs) (laughs) right right, that was was funny though yeah like yeah it's great he's like going towards towards the light right and he's thinking oh yeah i'm going towards the light and then he splats (laughs) right on the wall because he realizes oh wait this is an illusion and we get to our big villain of the issue which is mysterio my boy yeah uh so he hits the fake bubble spaceship and knocks out mysterio so next page, we get a very uh, a six-page splash that if you just read this page, it is inherently um, – well, it's inherently meta in my opinion. It's almost like a meta commentary. And we we've get you know these six pages. And if you're reading this like in the digital version, which I, which I did, uh, it, you know, it's very cinematic because it's like just you – know, who is he talking to? Black background, Peter – you know, close up and, and Peter's in his Spider-Man costume. And we then see who she, he's speaking to, which is it's Mary Jane. And they're in this together as they always have should have been. And uh, I, I add should, because clearly uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the, the controversies that led up to this, but um, we then kind of go to us to the second story where we kind of ha- open with the brief overview of Mister uh, Mysterio's life before we get to a big splash page where he's like, "I'm Mysterio." That's a great, and, that's a great drawing, by the way, too. And I'm not yeah, the biggest the, fan of that guy either. Yeah, Alberto Ramos is is 
one of those artists that is He's hit and miss know, for me. Very hit and miss for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And he he nailed that Mysterio. He did. Reveal. Yeah. I love the outline of, his, of the guy's yeah, face. It's his, great. His yeah. panel composition is incredible. Oh, yes. I, you yeah. know, Humberto Ramos is one of those when you when you have Humberto Ramos that has time. And isn't deadline? I, I call it deadline Ramos, where it's rushed and you can tell it's rushed and it's very loose with his pencils. When sure. he has time and he has tight pencils, it's just he's he's yeah. he's a great he's he can be really really good, and then he can be not 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 good. Um, also, also ties to Olazaba as his inker. Right. Inks, inks inks go a very long way in impacting how a artist's final work turns out. So he's in court attempting to represent himself despite the judge's insistence not to but then in walks janice lincoln and janice is going to be his representative but wait she starts vomiting like cockroaches and centipedes and millipedes when i first read this issue back in the day it i i i kind of did not know what was going on it blew my mind it kind of spooked me like yeah exactly yeah It, it very much has the um has the intended effect like it's very very it's jarring yeah if you're like you're not it it, and the way it's written it's very unexpected Mm -hmm. and it's a you know i'll have yeah i don't know there and and we'll go i'll go into my my overall thoughts like it's it's like it's like a sequence out of a horror film Mm -hmm. and we're introduced to a character with like centipedes and bandages and oh and a trench coat and like kind of like a like a almost like a hood, kabuki mask kind of. Yeah, and you just see nothing but teeth, and he's just like this. Is it kabuki it, man? Yeah, yeah. Like Ramos drawing horror is like Kino, you know, like like perfect perfection. So basically, uh, the this big bad, this villain is like, you know, I dragged you from the depths of hell once. I'm not afraid to take you back there again, but. Uh, he even grabs Quentin is like, or grabs Janice is like, I even gave you a nice lawyer. Look how you treated her. And so like Mysterio is freaking out. It turns out he's in fact on the stand. And so like, which is hilarious by the way. Yeah. Like, it, it, he's like oh! and it's like, boom, we're back to reality. <laughs> we, go, we go from a horror movie to reality. And, and, and the Beatle, you're great acting. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good phenomenal. even even within like the snap back to reality there's still mm-hmm. some genuinely good comedic timing yeah, yeah right. like, like janice janice yeah. like mysterio goes and sits down janice is like that's the best acting i've ever seen and he's like <laughs> he's like that that was but 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 that wasn't acting and so uh that's kind of our our tease for the big bad villain of of the spencer run and so we then cut back to empire state university where um the Dean of Emissions is kind of talking to Peter about the fact that he plagiarized, you know, and, and but he was given a second chance. That's right. He was given a, a second chance. Somebody vouched for him. Who could it be? Hmm. And then we have our last splash page of the issue. The lizard. That's right. The lizard is like Peter Parker. <laughs> have a seat. Oh, no, Dr. Connor's class. I almost forgot. <laughs> yeah. And so that's how issue one ends. Uh, that so the 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 courtroom sequence, the 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 sequence with uh, Mysterio was drawn by Humberto Ramos, but the rest of it was drawn by Ryan Otley. 
And uh, Ryan Otley also drew the first the first chapter. I would you know call it with the free comic book free comic book day issue. And so I kind of want to get my thoughts. I'll go around the horn. I'll, I'll get my thoughts first, and then we'll kind of go down. Uh, one minor programming note: um, <laughs> we lost Brian and Billy for a minute, so we'll come back to them as soon as they can, uh, as soon as their uh, their router reboots and and you know, technical problems. It's the internet. Uh, so, chat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, um, so I'm gonna. I, I'm going to say this. This was uh, as somebody that like was very ambivalent towards the end of the slot run. Um, there was there was elements. It, the slot was very up and down for me. Um, again, I started podcasting around the time the end of the JMS run, and then brand new day hit, and and one more day, of course, hit. It's been this kind of this scepter that's been looming, and so Mary Jane and Peter Parker have been kept apart for for reasons, literally for reasons. And so for me, this issue was very good in the sense of in one issue, some of the things that I had problems from the so-called previous administration of Spider-Man are immediately addressed. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. The plagiarism, plagiarism, uh, plagiarism thing was something that just lingered. Uh, Peter Parker got to be able to experience all the spoils of it. Uh, with volume three with the Parker industry stuff and ultimately that collapsed, but then, and th- but then we're like volume four hits and we're like, Oh wait, like Peter Parker is an agent, international man of mystery. He's, you know, got a, his company's billions of dollars worth billions of dollars. He has a brand new Apple watch uh, knockoff called Webware. He's, you know, he's, <laughs> he's like this billionaire playboy philanthropist. And, and, you know, it's like Peter Parker meets Tony Stark. And it just didn't feel right for a lot of people, and myself included. And there, I know there's, there, there might be fans of it. And Paul, I don't, you know, you might be a fan of that era. I don't know. I, we we didn't talk about that before we started, but I'll do that for a second. Um, <laughs> but which, I, but the thing is, is, I appreciate Paul. That's why that's why I'm glad Paul's here because like we're very <laughs> contrasting. Um, I so like coming into this, I was a big fan of Spencer's um, superior of spider-man now i will say this if you go back and in, in, into the art into the internet archives and you find me review the first issue of uh superior foes um i didn't get it at first i didn't mm-hmm. get that it was supposed to be a humor comic i didn't understand that i i kind of looked at it real serious and i'm like they're like dude it's a humor comic i was like oh it's supposed <laughs> to be funny i'm supposed to laugh like r slash whoosh well, yeah. it's one of those things where everything was so serious when it came to Spider-Man and Spider-Man's world and Ultimate Spider-Man. Didn't matter what Spider-Man was; it's all super serious, grim, dark kind of type thing. And to come in with superior foes, it was like, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna kind of play theater of the absurd. I, you know, I'd not heard of Nick Spencer. I've actually seen Nick Spencer in person. He was at the uh, I was at San Diego Comic Con in 2011. He was there, and Steve Wacker was there, and and, da- and Dan Slott uh, videoed it in. Literally, they showed a video of Dan Slott. Uh, Don't know, I guess you could say. No, he found it in the following year. Uh, <laughs> right, I remember that. Yeah, uh, remember he, found, he literally he, he they had him on the phone the following year. Right, uh, but uh, he was there in 2010 when they made when they made the announcement that he was going to be taking over as sole writer. And uh, you know, to Slott's credit, like the big time era of Spider-Man, I was in, very interested in because I was very very tired of the webhead slash brain trust. 
just because it was so inconsistent from month to month. You never, because there were so many different cooks in the kitchen and the only kind of consistent hand that we got through that era, the brand new day era was slot. And so slot was kind of my first choice. I have interviewed Dan slot. Um, I slot slots, a great interview. And I, I, so, you know, I wanted to enjoy Dan's Dan stuff because Dan's a very enthusiastic fan. He's a fan of the character. He loves the character. Um, but sometimes I felt like he, him and I had differences of opinion on the character. Let's put it that way. And so after superior, which I did enjoy, I, I enjoyed large, large parts of superior, uh, because it was something profoundly different, but I was kind of ready for a new writer at that point. And then, and then, but I was really ready by the time Spencer came on. So, uh, I liked the science editor concept. That was something I did like from, from slots run. So the science editor aspect, I was like, cool. But other, other than that, I had some reservations about Spencer coming in because like Spencer's literal last thing he did before Spider-Man was Captain America and Captain America was the, it was the Nazi cap story. And the, while that was happening, there was a lot of problems that people were having with it. And ultimately it, it you know, Steve wins and it's, you know, it's a story, it's an era. And so I kind of had to look at Spencer being like, okay, he's got a story to tell, obviously. So that free comic book day issue, I'm like, okay, Ryan Otley. Uh, I, I once described him as like the, the love child of Mark Bagley and Ryan Stegman. And his art style very much reminds me of that vibe. Like his Spider-Man especially reminds me of Bagley in a lot of ways in the, from the nineties. Uh, not saying that Bagley today is not great. Cause Bagley today, like is great. Like I loved ultimate Spider-Man. I still have all, I still have the entire Bagley run. So I loved Bagley uh, back then, but Ryan, but Ryan Otley's artwork is just so freaking dynamic and good. And uh, it honestly makes me want to go pack and pick up invincible as a result. So Otley was great. Great artwork throughout Ramos. We've talked, we kind of talked about it during the recap, but Ramos was really good. Zach, may I ask a sure. question? When did you leave off of the Invincible? I, I've, I've never, I've actually never read Invincible. It's, it's making me want to go back and read Invincible. Oh, oh okay. Because I, I've read a good portion of Invincible, so I, I, I can say right now that Otley's work is, is solid. It's, yeah. it's, it's, if you like it in here, you're definitely gonna like it a lot in Invincible. Um, yeah, his, 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 his redheads tend to look the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had heard that. I had heard yeah. that, like, like she looked mysterious. Like MJ looked mysteriously like, uh, like the redhead from from Invincible. I was like, but yeah, I mean, this was this was Otley's first. I, right, he got he got to draw the entire Marvel universe. Like that's that's and and I'm really glad that Spencer stuck that in. It makes me, you know, it like the story. The first two two parts really really wet my appetite. I'm like, okay, what is, what is Spencer doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. and so for me, I'm giving this an A plus. Um, I, I really enjoyed the story. I really, the, the, the stuff with MJ, I talk about the meta commentary and I know we're going to probably talk about that ex extensively here in a minute, 
but like it felt like it, that it wasn't just Peter talking to MJ. It was Peter talking to the fans, right? The longtime yeah. fans, the fans yeah. that were kind of a little disenfranchised with everything that happened with Casada and Brandy Day or One More Day. And I, I always feel bad for, to a certain extent, with for Dan Slott because he had to follow such a controversial storyline, and it hung over the books like this scepter because it was like, oh, we're going to get the answers. We're going to get the answers because nobody knew what fit. And, you know, I think if, if slot had had a clean, much cleaner slate, I think, but you know, you, you can't always do deal with the cards you've been dealt. And so Paul, I, I know you're, you're chomping at the bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you, uh, let you talk. Well, I, I want to say right now that I, I like the slot run. I think more than a lot of people on this panel, but I don't want to make it sound like I'm a, a slot apologist where I think that he's just this undermined, you know, brilliant figure. No, that's not what I want to say either. I want, I want to make sure very, very, very clear that I think that Dan slot did some solid to great work at times. Not all of it is great. Not all of it's going to be, I would not hold up, hold that up against a lot of stuff um, that I think is great for Spider-Man, but I do think that superior Spider-Man is a great Spider-Man story. And I will I will definitely debate and argue anyone on here as long as you want. Let's go. But um, well, that's- maybe one day uh, as like a special episode, we might have to we might have to do we did a great debate on on Clone Saga Chronicles yeah. where we debated uh see or we debated the Clone Saga versus Brand New Day. And yeah. granted it wasn't kind of fair because Brand New Day's era wasn't wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but, but, you know, superior had a beginning, a middle and an end and, and the clone yeah. saga has a beginning, a middle and an end. And so I, I really would like to do a, like a, a special episode where we just like talk about the merits, like, you know, the good things of superior and, and the not so good things of superior. And, and yeah, but, but, but the one thing was slot. And I think this is where I, I can understand where people are coming from of, of being just kind of done with him is the fact that the last couple of years of slots run is r- just drag. And that's where I have the most problem with Dan slot is that I think that he stayed on, he stayed on way too long for the title. And even though I really enjoyed a lot of, a lot of his stuff, and again, not everything, but a lot of it. I think that the clone saga, obviously, the clone conspiracy is very not great. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, that that is, yeah, that, that was a bummer. That was Ooh. a bummer. When, I, when it was when it when Ben Riley showed up, I was like, whoa, okay, when, when's the real Ben Ben gonna show up? And then he didn't. I was like, oh god. Yeah. So, um, and then and I I understand the whole you know uh, red goblin thing. It's it's. I'll be honest. It's a, it's a neat idea in theory, but yeah. it's just a little too much. It just, it, yeah, I, yeah. It was just way too much at the end. Well, good. Sorry. Even even he admitted, I think that he was kind of mashing up Carnage and and, and Green Goblin yeah. because he got to touch every single part of the Spider-Man universe. Let's 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 face it. During his right, run. yeah, yeah. And so, so for me, by the time when when Nick Spencer was announced with Otley, by the way. Right. When they both were announced as the team, you know, the main Spider-Man team going forward. I flipped out because I love Spencer's superior, uh, you know, foes of Spider-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. He um, he did Ant-Man, which that was another. That is such an underrated book. I know that has some. A lot of people do like that, 
but I don't, I don't think people talk about it enough that it really is a really, really fun story or, you know, stories. And I, I love what he did. And it, it, you, you get to see where, you know, he plays favorites and how great that is. And so, um, yeah, I, I think Ant-Man definitely is something that I, that is just not talked about enough. So I, in fact, even though superior foes is obviously, I think phenomenal and great, I was more stoked the fact of, of the announcement with because of Ant-Man more than Superior Foes, even though I think because the Superior Foes is such a niche like thing. Whereas I feel Ant-Man was playing with the greater Marvel universe, incorporating, you know, deep cuts, which he right. obviously loves to do as he in reference himself and everything. But yeah, I, I think with slot, I was ready. I was ready for slot to go off, uh, you know, the book, because for me, Again, as a, as a slot fan, I was ready. I it just it, it was time. And so when Nick Spencer jumps on, it's a, a giant breath of fresh air. And it reminds great. Yeah, it reminds me of when, when, uh, and I hate to, I, I feel like I'm filibustering a little bit, but it reminds me um, of when Mackie let go of Peter Parker Spider Man in issue twenty. And Mackie was able to kind of start just writing ASM, and then he kind of limped along for almost another year. But it, you could tell, even by the time the reboot started, that there was there was a little exhaustion because Mackie had been l- writing it for almost as long as Dan Slott had, been, had wrote Spider Man. I mean, he would started writing Spider Man with Web of Spider Man, and then jumped over to Adjective Lists, and then it became Peter Parker, and then it be- and then he wrote that until until the reboot. So it was just like this long, continuous run of him writing Spider-Man. And then by the time it, like Paul Jenkins came in, it was a breath of fresh air. And it kind of – it's it's very different type of breath of fresh air for for the stories because Jenkins was very much a one-and-done type of guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I completely – I can completely understand it. Well, and with um... – uh, the with Spencer's run, there's clearly an aesthetic change, not just in terms of um, the art style, because Ryan Otley is a radical departure from what we consider a conventional Spider-Man artist. You know, whereas most sure. whereas most artists are typically very curved and have very flexible lines. Yeah. Otley is very blocky, and then I'm going to use the cover for ASM number ASM number eight hundred three as an example. Uh, the colors are very bright and pastel like which if you right. look at the past three or four years prior the colors had been very grim and muted mm-hmm. so this represented a right. fundamental shift in how we perceive the world around peter especially with the uh with when and i love look i slot got to work with some great artists and Eminent, Stuart Immerman was like yeah a great great artist um but yeah you're right carried it yeah, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I wouldn't, very- I wouldn't say that. Comic uh, Giuseppe, I thought was, I know maybe a lot of people don't like him, and I didn't think he'd be great for Darth Vader, but I gotta tell you, I love, love, love uh, Giuseppe Chemicoli, uh personally. I thought he was an underrated artist in that. Oh, was, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I is phenomenal. The, uh, Vader is phenomenal, especially Volume Four, Giuseppe Chemicoli. Yeah, right. like like uh, ASM. What was the Wraith arc? It was ASM six sixty three, or six sixty four six six sixty four to six sixty five. The one where um it's Wraith and Anti Venom. Yeah. Um. His he, he's there's got there's something wrong with how the image is rendered because like the the pencil lines are all muted, 
but like by the time you get to even volume three which even then i don't think it's phenomenal but by volume four he's clearly nailed down his aesthetic for spider-man yeah and and it was a smart choice because i think umberto ramos wanted to do extraordinary x-men with jeff with was it lemire not the point but the point is that like cam and coley nailed down an aesthetic and then when he went to go do darth vader for i think which i think was a smart move on marvel's part to assign him to darth vader yeah um imminent was very good at carrying over that same aesthetic but when it came time for uh a new writer take over it, it required a breath of fresh air not only in terms of writing but in how you translated that message onto the page yeah. and so otley's otley's very geometric blocky lines and uh laura martin's very pastel-esque color palette uh does a lot to change that aesthetic and, and you know i have to say from someone who's, who's read a lot of invincible i can tell you that otley the coloring of all this is completely otley's strength because I, I don't remember a lot of like muted colors in Otley's run in Invincible. And again, I haven't read the whole thing, so I don't know how, but I've read like at least like 60, 70% of it. And I could tell you that when I read this book, it the, the pictures were totally, uh, the coloring, everything was totally Invincible. And I don't know if that's the same crew from uh, from Invincible or not. Working Cliff, on the book. Ra- Cliff, Cliff Rathburn, I think, carried over because uh, he does a okay. lot of work with he does a lot of work with Otley outside of ASM. Okay, so yeah, so that makes sense. And and to be in your point, Neil, it definitely is a dramatic departure, but it works completely. And again, Invincible is very much Spider Man in it's Superman together. And, yeah. and it's in, in its own Marvel universe. And and I say that in, in the biggest respect to the title. And Otley can draw superheroes like, you know, and they're stylized in a very, you know, colorful way. But yeah, like you said, like I will I will totally agree that at least a slot, a lot of the people that he uh, was worked with were definitely more, uh, they weren't as bright as, as this is usual, as or what it is mainly. And so, yeah, I, I think that this is a, Otley is definitely the, a huge get for, for Marvel and for Spider-Man. I will. I will say this: It's weird to see Iron Man with a machine gun on his wrist, <laughs> right? So, okay, all right. I'm gonna because we're we're supposed to cover f- four more issues. So, Adam, give your thoughts quickly. Then Brian and Billy kind of knock knock your knock your thoughts out because we're at an already in an hour, and I want to try to get the rest of this episode done in an hour. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, well, let's see. I I just thought I thought this was just really refreshing. Like you know all the mj acknowledgement that was great it was spoiled for me at the time but you know what can you do like but it's i just thought i that's like water in the desert like it had been what 10 years it's it like will they won't they right getting teases. like it's like oh she says she loves him in spider island but he doesn't hear her and like you know she's she's into him as superior starts but it's not him it's doc ock and yeah, and then yeah. that that all that problematic part of of, of superior. Right, yeah. We're not going to get into that now, but maybe yeah, someday. I, uh, and this is so look. I, I know we're spending a lot of time. We're doing a lot of comparing, and contrasting with the slot, but because this is such a line of demarcation for Spider Man, right? I, I feel like we got to talk about it. It's it's the elephant in the room. 
it's a it's a fresh start. This is like truly, you know, because there were this is the fifth volume, and you know, we had we had two we had two number ones before this in like, you know, a few years. And this one I think is really something new and different. I mean, the new writer helps, Spencer. I mean, the art, Otley, he's a great artist. His art is refreshing. His art is great. I would say, like, Neil was saying, you know, his uh, his art, it's not, you know, it's not as curvy. It's more, you know, blocky and, you know, dynamic and stuff. I That, that to me, reminds me of Sal Buscema. Yeah. And I, I, that, to me, if, if Spencer has said that he really likes DeMatteis, I think, so if, if Spencer and... And Spencer's taking a lot of building on a lot of Damateus stuff, it seems, as we go further. So if if that's the case, then Otley is like his Bushema, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. yeah, no, and, and and look, we'll we're gonna have some really pretty pretty good fill in artists um, that come right. through. Um, you know, no, I, I will say this, kind of getting into stuff in the future. Like we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna, what we're doing for these first several episodes is is we're going to be reviewing the Spencer run from the beginning, obviously. And we're going to be covering uh, it by, by how it's collected in trade. And so we'll be, you know, doing a lot of analysis of different artists, but, you know, Otley's really good. Uh, Huberto Ramos delivers, I believe, some of the best art in his career. Um, um, throughout this entire volume. I, you know, we'll, we'll have Mark Bagley, way down the line, but yeah, we're going to have Mark Bagley coming back, which is really exciting. Um, cause I'm and some I'm, new blood and some new blood. Yeah. There's some really good art. And, uh, uh, who's the other guy, the guy that did this 2099, um, the guy that they Patrick, got, Pat Gleason. I w- I'll talk about, I, I want to be on that one because I have words about Pat Gleason. So I am, uh, yeah. So Pat Gleason, you know, another great artist and we keep oh. losing Brian, poor F. Brian. <laughs> um, man. Uh, so I, I want to try to get Brian back on. If we get Brian back on, we'll. Um, I do want to say that uh, I like the I like that Robbie and Aunt May's reactions are similar. Like, oh, there's something you're not telling me. And Robbie, it's like, well, he probably knows Peter's Spider-Man, maybe, and he's just kind of waiting for him to, you know, spill. It's <laughs> been the implication for a while now. Well, okay, so that really, really started. During the final adventure, sure, yeah, uh, which was supposedly Peter Barker's swan song, and then they were trying, kind of hinting that he basically knew, but he just didn't tell anybody. I think there was stuff like way back and even and I think Dan's run, and well, definitely I think in Craven's Last Hunt, he goes to Mary Jane and is like, like, what's up, you know? Doesn't he? Where's Peter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he does, and so. You know, Demetrius kind of yeah. kind of put that in there, and then they kind of they. So it's always been kind, of, and obviously this the Lee did like the Lee Ramita run with you know the implication, and I think that Robbie out of every Jonah was so blind to it that Jonah never saw it, mm-hmm. and we'll get. I really can't wait because I am going to be tooting my own horn when we get to the Jonah arc, right? <laughs> uh, there's a story uh, that that I will tell. Um, but about the first time Jonah found out, um, but welcome back, Brian. So yeah, I, like I say, that's, 
It's really exciting. Brian, I want you and Billy really quickly before your Wi-Fi cuts out again. Uh, give us your thoughts of, on this on these two uh, these two parts. Yeah. Okay, Billy, your yeah. thoughts on he's probably gonna do all five issues real quick. Okay. Yeah, just knock them out and then we'll um, uh my, we'll go from there. Oh, I, up, I like I like how Spidey's fake because Boomerang's like one of Spidey's villains, and it was pretty cool to see that. And also, I really like how how they how they are building up Kendrin, Kindred, um, and I also like how. Um, how Mandelstrom, I've seen him in the Spider-Man and his amazing friends with the X-Men one, that one episode where he takes over the X-Mansion. Mm. And, and I didn't like, at first I didn't like how Peter and Spidey split it up because it kind of didn't make any mm. sense. But then when I kept on writing all of it, I kind of liked it. And the other one? You don't want to read the one? Alrighty. So that's that. <laughs> Mine is the pros. I really enjoyed the stuff. I'm going to be honest. Didn't love what I wrote him because he had some great ideas. Whether he put you execute it or not, the whole different story. Right. But. Uh, the artwork, I think a story like this would have been better with a John Romita type. Look at the John Michael Straczynski stuff. You're dealing with Kindred, who's a mystical villain. Romita had a much more mystical flair to it. This feels kind of more like some of the... And I'm probably in the minority for this. <laughs> this feels more like the superhero Michael Bay stuff. The big bombastic type. That was ticked me off. <laughs> I'm a freelance writer. I'm going to do horror. So when you're dealing with a supernatural being, you kind of want to have more shadows, more tension, not so much loud, colorful. But with the story, and I'm just trying to get this out quick before you know I go back to Little House on the Prairie. Um, <laughs> you the, the separation of Peter and Spider Man, it mm -hmm. didn't feel like it was needed. Did the slot stuff, and while he bad, well, not bad, but not great, he did a lorry lines which showed why Peter Man. Spider Island, absolute spider powers. It was Peter's heart, Peter's character that made him the hero. Even so, with Superior Spider Man, and to a lesser extent, the 616 Spider Man and Spider Verse. So, this kind of felt just kind of redundant. Like, oh, who is Spider Man without the responsibility? So, I yeah, kind of got, I don't know. I wasn't really in love with that. I don't know your, if I'm laughing again or froze yeah. or. You're you're good. Uh, what's your overall grade there, Brian? I'm gonna go with a B minus. Okay. All right. 
All right, all right. So we're gonna. That's not bad. So Brian, we'll we'll yeah. keep you on as long as as long as uh, Comcast will let you. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna. Okay, Neil, let's do. I'll the send smoke signals. Do you guys see area <laughs> pigeon? All right, let's, uh, we don't. But uh, let's 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 knock out issue two. We'll we'll kind of go around the horn, Brian. I'll. Uh, because I don't know how long your internet's going to last. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's bullet let's bullet point this really fast. So yeah. af- after a supposedly non-relevant page of Africa and an elephant getting uh, and <laughs> um, Peter is fighting Man Mountain Marco and the ultimate version of the Ringer uh, editorial <laughs> review on that. Um, he wins, gives them some books, and then it cuts. I guess in the past to uh, Peter and MJ after shenanigans. Um, you know, they're contemplating the status quo and talking yeah. about how things always get in the way. But then, oh no, Dr. Connor's class. I was so caught up in what I was doing that I forgot. Uh, um, so Dr. Connors reveals that he can transform, you know, back and forth into the lizard at will thanks to an adamantium chip mm-hmm. that uh, lets him, you know, seize up the lizard until he can be turned back to normal and basically gives Peter an offer to, or shows off his little little science project which is basically you know the science for the sake of science um meanwhile my favorite comedy duo in the world taskmaster and black ants uh have infiltrated esu looking for a piece of technology that many of you will recognize i think it's from final adventure isn't it they, no, named, it, they named it in final adventure I it think. was named in final adventure but it actually is the is the equipment from the radiated amazing, spider yeah it's, it's from amazing fantasy 15 yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's technology. It's the technology that radiated the spider that bit Peter. So yeah. you know, big, big, deep cut. So kudos, and I, I'm surprised that like Spencer found the name. Like Final Adventure Two is a very, very deep cut. Right. Yeah. Um. But anyways, Taskmaster and Black Ant uh sneak break in. Uh. Again, fantastic comedy on their part. Um. And Peter uses and Peter gets tossed in some chemicals and causes a huge explosion. And you know he, Spider-Man leaps into action, takes out Black Ant Taskmaster with almost no trouble at all. Maybe a little, but like not enough to consider them a huge threat. But um, as he's webbing the two up, he helps a guy up, and it turns out that Spider-Man is helping up Peter Parker. They have split in two. Clones. Already? No, yeah. like back when back when the issue first came out, we were yeah. like we there was a ton of mystery trying to figure out what the hell actually happened. Yeah. I think at one yeah. point we did say it was clones. That's what I thought for a second. I thought he was trying to reference the the clone saga in some way, yeah. like, kind of um, incorporating different aspects of it, all Spidey's life. Yeah. Um. So I'm not gonna lie, the the first thing that popped in my head, and I don't know if it's gonna be playing through the through the audio, but uh oh. <laughs> I have I have the, the stinger and I'm going to insert the uh, stinger from from the 90s show right here. <laughs> there you go. But um, something I should point out for this issue specifically is that it's it's funny. Like this this is like yeah. after the very serious nature of the first issue where Peter's having an existential crisis essentially. Yeah. This issue is focused more on comedy. Like Taskmaster and Black Ant steal the show. There's there's one line that stuck out to me, and I guess because it hit kind of close to home because I was in my sophomore year of college at the time. Or coming coming into my sec- sophomore year, where task where Taskmaster and Black Ant are breaking in, and Taskmaster's like, tests are over, pencils down, and Black Ant goes, "You failed, by the way. Your parents are disappointed. You wish you could be like your cousin who went to Brown." Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the joke, the, the joke didn't go on too. Like it was just the, it was just enough over explanation to make it funny, but not enough to make it like you know 
go for too long. Um, I did like Peter and MJ, you know, kind of catching up on the status quo, kind of laying down the foundation for what's to come. They didn't go on too long, but just enough to, you know, give us give us exactly what we needed in terms of exposition. And so, like, you know, enough subtext. Like you can see Peter going like, Oh, if things could get away in like the Spider-Man closet, the costume is just hanging yeah, on. Yeah. No, I have to say like, there's, there's a phrase that we, that we tend to use here on the network called the floating heads of guilt. Yes. That, that's that, that, pa- that panel with, with MJ where it was like the various, uh, various MJs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a great panel. Cause it's like great, great recreations by Otley. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He did a really great job. Uh, I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know, that's, you know that that sometimes I I got accused of using a phrase called continuity porn with Dan Slott. <laughs> that, that's more with, of a Mark Wade kind of thing, to be honest. Well, with this, it felt like okay, these are deep cuts. They're subtle, but right. they're not. They're it's not. Did you know that? Uh, uh, Marlon like, Jameson made Spider Slayers, right? It's, it's that, that all like got... cues and uh, and like little hints of dialogue, like in the free comic book day issues. Like he references the the skylight, the old skylight apartment. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how I also, by the way, I lo- also love that he's like, "Oh, I get the skylight." He's like, "No, you're not. I'm gonna get the skylight. You're gonna get." I need, from, I need it for my Instagram. I need it for my <laughs> oh, Instagram. God, Speaking of which, if you want to, if you want to, uh. uh Follow us on Instagram. You can go to Instagram.com slash Spidey wow. Network. That's wow. a plug. I, um, I'm a shameless <laughs> plugger. I did, I did like how they explained the lizard away. Like, he can teach as the lizard, but also be Dr. Con. I thought that was a, the chip was a very good... And it becomes like a Chekhov. It's a very well-laid-down Chekhov's gun for later in the first year of Spencer's run. I thought right. that was... It, it worked within both this arc specifically, or this issue itself... But it also becomes very relevant later on, and once we get to you know the hunted arc, we'll discuss that more. But I thought that was a very effective plot device to lay down. Um, other than that, I think I don't think there's a whole lot to say. It, it was just a very good follow up because that was part of the worry for me was that it was just gonna like have that really good first issue and then just tank. Right immediately right, yeah. after but i am very glad that it kept a very consistent quality and followed it up and real quick um so i'm giving two- some visual cues while i'm uh while i am sharing my not screen issue three, sir. not issue two yeah i'm sorry well two, two things i'm here to i'm here to i'm gonna show off my merch but also um, oh, yeah. i didn't get to show it off earlier but i have big, big flex here. there big flex there buddy yeah, I know. Well, it's 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 time to flex, baby. So when I was at Com- when I was at, when I was at Comic Palooza, I ran to Ryan Otley, and I didn't have a copy of the free Comic Book Day issue at the time because it ran out of stock at my LCS. And right. he and he was he had the foresight to bring a bunch of copies, and he gave me one and signed it, oh, which I thought that. was. And Ryan Otley, he's a genuinely great guy. I can see why, like, even like artistic talent aside, he's a very personable guy. Like, he's the kind of guy you would imagine, like, as a Peter Parker kind of dude. He's he's just very approachable. It didn't mm-hmm. feel kind of it didn't feel awkward talking to him, which I very much appreciated. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I say, I I also enjoyed this issue. I I kind of thought, oh oh my god, clones. Um, but <laughs> you know it it. it I, well, because I was, rev- you know, I was working on on the on the crawl space at the time, and I was like, oh man, like somebody's gonna grow, and I already know, and and it, and it was like, all right, let's see where this goes, and you know, uh, I know Brian kind of 
commented on the meta commentary and we'll get to that in a little bit but i was like all right this is intriguing this is this is it feels like bam we're like getting it's almost like uh uh emerald agasse uh emerald agasse <laughs> where where it's like bam you you want some you want some uh you want some uh uh blizzard bam you want you, you want you want uh peter parker and spider-man being separated bam it's like all right it's it's very big bombastic and epic in the right ways and i know that uh, I wished Brian Brian's uh, Comcast connection was actually working because I, I disagree with the fact that it, 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 you know, I, I liked, okay. It's Remedi- wacky science adventure. Right. right. Which is kind of what Spider-Man is. Yeah. And it, to- and it totally fits Spencer's run, which has, which, and when he first advertised the run, like when he was first announced and he was doing all those lead in interviews, he was like, you know, this is going to be a comedy book. And I guess that tone that tone has kind of changed as the year has got, as the year went on. But right. like that first that first arc definitely felt like it could have been like a superhero version of Seinfeld, where well, it, it focused it, it focused foremost on the comedy and the situation and the wacky situations that come out of this type of lifestyle. And I think that that the balance in the force, so to speak. Huh, yeah. There you go. There you go, Paul. Uh-huh. Uh, where you got you got the comedy side, but you also have the seriousness of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a subtext to it. There's a subtext and, of the comedy. And you know, without having a saddle a true satellite title, a true title that is, you know, a a like it was in the eighties with with um uh spectacular was kind of the grimdark, and then you know, the travel book was Webb, and then Amazing was where everything else happened, where you know was like the lead dog, so to speak. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. So we just have amazing. We just have amazing, which is great, but also like not so great. Like it's, it's, it's the, it's the monkey's paw. You get well, more I mean, amazing like, Spider-Man, but you don't, but you, you, in, you, you have shifts in tone a lot. So in fair, in fairness, we do, we did have spec at the time and then friendly, friendly neighborhood after spider Geddon. Right. Yeah. And those, and the, I'll, I'll say this, um, a lot of the satellite titles during, during the brand new day era. When they actually had them, I didn't enjoy them all that much. But since Spencer's been on, it's like okay, like Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. I didn't like that initial arc, but like there's parts of that of that run that, that uh, the Jonah really. issue is phenomenal. I I will say that the you know Chip I, Chip Zdarsky is that his name? I always yeah. I respect yeah. everyone's names. Uh, his he, again, he's hit and miss for me. But there's times where I'm like, eh. And there's times where like that Jonah issue, I thought he just nailed. I, and I was not expecting it either. I, I remember reading that issue. I read it and went, wow, I love this. And yeah, but yeah, like I, I'm with you, Zach. The Zdarsky arc initially was just kind of weird. Oh, wow. The whole human torch. And yeah, it was with Kingpin and um, who would he team? Who was the, oh, the Tinker? Uh, was it Tinker or? Uh, yeah, the Tinker and then like the meta. I, I, I told everybody the Teresa meta Parker. arc. Yeah, Teresa Parker. Parker. Like the meta arc with Teresa Parker and all that stuff was not very good, but like there was parts of it, like the Jonah issue and the Jonah stuff, yes. and then like the amazing fantasy great. arc. Yeah, they- and then his and then his final issue, I think, was maybe one of the best issues of Spider-Man of all time. I know that's like a that's a very high Ooh. bar to play. Uh, I, it's good. It, it's good. It was I, it was I, the I, most Paul Jenkins. The, it was the, the most decade. Paul Jenkins like Spider-Man issue we've had since Paul Jenkins. Let, let's I, say of the decade and be. More, yeah, I would, I would take, I would, see, I, would I, I love that issue too, Neil. But I think I take the Jonah issue over that. I think that, that Jonah issue is because you think about it, you have two characters that, well, Civil War two aside, uh, you're gonna have 
basically these two characters actually, you know, come together and hash it out mono a mono and Peter doing something that I think, again, going back to power and responsibility, he's doing the responsible thing. He's finally going to Jonah and revealing to him, like, this is who I am. Let's, let's hash this out. And I love that, that Chip took that aspect of Spider-Man and, and, and had actual character development in this grand soap opera. And actually it stuck the landing on something that probably could have been easily destroyed and just rewritten or whatever really easily. And now it's still integrated in the 616 universe. And I don't think it's ever going to change and shouldn't change. I love this I'll aspect of Jonah. And um, so, so anyway, yeah, I I, 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 I agree with you. The last issue was, was solid, but I just think that like for, for longevity sake of the character, I think that issue with Jonah and Spider-Man, it will just kind of, Unless they retcon everything, everything blows up, then my point's yeah. out the window. <laughs> well, I, I, I'd like to think of um, Spec 310, which I, that was Zdarsky's final issue, right? Spec 310? I think so. Um, I think it's what ASM 801 should have been. Like, you know, you know right. how, it's supposed to, how it's supposed to be like what Spider-Man means to people. Right. Not, not necessarily like a development of the plot, but more of like a more like a What's that one issue? Like whatever happens to the man of tomorrow, or what? Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of a different one. Um, but the one, but the one of like gold, like the end of Golden Age Superman. Yeah, like that. more in uh, Dave Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, you think of that more in like what Spider Man means to people, both out of universe and in universe, yeah. and how he makes an impact. My dinner with Jonah is a fundamentally a different type of story because it focuses specifically on two different on. on less yeah. Peter's overall impact while spec 310 focuses on his impact to the community, which I guess serves as a neat little transition to front neighborhood. If you think about it in that kind no, of yeah, sense, totally. unless, yeah, you yeah. Count, unless you count the spider getting tie-ins on, don't, we don't yeah. talk about those. Yeah. yeah we don't need to talk about those. <laughs> those are not necessarily, no, and, and I, I know you're, I know you're, they're definitely fundamentally different, different ideas and, and concepts totally. And I just think for the impact of the character to me, I think the, the, the fact that the, he was able to stick that landing because I'm, I'm not saying that those kind of stories like like the community and what Spider-Man means and the greater meaning of what the character means to in a meta sense, in, 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 so to speak, to uh, people is not a great. Those aren't good stories or, or they can't be well written or aren't well written. This, these aren't well written. Just the fact to me, the the juggling of of um expectations of a of a confrontation that like you you could have with jonah and spider-man with that with so many years behind them is to me is the fact he sucked the landing and again i i haven't researched this that much but i haven't seen a lot of people like just like throw things out the window saying that this is garbage blah blah, blah. maybe on <laughs> other places me i don't know I or two. Mm. was that <laughs> There's Civil yeah. War too. Yeah, no, no, and that's the thing. Like Civil War, <laughs> how? But see, I like I liked Civil War too. I love the I love it when he faints and he goes backwards. I think that was funny. But I mean, at the same time, I think the way they've handled it here is way more what I expected Jonah at, to act like. And I don't know. I, yeah, but I, I, I'm with you. I, it is interesting that that how both Slot and Zdarsky write an issue. Their last issues yeah. are 
same kind of the yeah. same thing. Like, oh, what's this writing? Yeah, they're, like the they're the same. They're the same basic foundation, but how they approach it is completely different. I like right. both issues, though. I, I like both issues. I think they're both. I I, I think ASM eight hundred one had the side problem of being like you know slot slotted had like five different swan songs at this point like clone <laughs> conspiracy was supposed to be his swan song uh yeah you know the yeah. red goblin was supposed to be a swan song and by the end it just asm 801 felt somewhat hollow in its approach i right. think if you had just taken away asm 801 and like maybe condensed asm 800 a- as the final arc go down swinging to uh like to just to eight, just to seven ninety nine, yeah, and then and then made like taken Zadarsky's spec three ten, and then grafted it at the end and made that the eight hundredth issue. That would have been a much better capstone, mm-hmm. because by the time they reached spec three ten, um, like we had had so much, we had a filler arc with Sandman. What was it, spec three hundred eight, three hundred nine with Sandman? Oh, yeah. That arc, that arc was filler trash. That was pretty, that was rough. That was. Yeah, I I, so it's I, yeah. I just glanced through those issues. I kind of was like, okay, okay. The art was really rough, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Oh uh, yeah, it was it was like post uh, post X Men, but shallow. <laughs> oh, that's right. But oh, and we'll I'll have words about him when we get to oh, ASM fourteen and fifteen, <laughs> because he that that was definitely like the low point of Spencer's year one was but shallow. <laughs> <laughs> the issue yeah. was, uh, was Rhino in that one? Was that was the yeah. yeah? That that was yeah. the one where Taskmaster, where he and where Spider Man and Rhino wow. fight against Taskmaster and Black Ant. That's right. That's and right. then they fucking and they put him in a Pokeball and they roll him away. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's because Aunt May's and like doesn't like is she about to tell him? Am I getting these things mixed up? Is she tell him that she has cancer in that issue? No, that's that's friend of neighborhood. Right, um, I, think I thought I'm getting confused. She was, but wasn't she in like a? Was she, she was she was with though? she was with she was with uh, Jonah's lawyer. That's yeah. right. Yeah, or Jay, 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 and and he was hitting on her, right? Yeah, and then she brings in homeless guy who happens to be Ned Leeds clone, right. yeah. just oh. out of total coincidence, and then. I think Rhino oh. comes in, or no? Rhino, they don't break in, but Peter is fighting a Rhino, right. and then I think Taskmaster and Bla- I need to go back and reread it because that was a very forgettable arc for me. Yeah, that, that um, was. That but was like, t- but like Taskmaster has a rocket launcher and he blows up the restaurant. <laughs> of the so I'm gonna do bullet points like Neil because I like his ass, uh, like how he did that and that aspect. So. Basically, yeah. issue three uh, starts off with a double date between Peter, MJ, Nora Winters, and um, Randy Robertson. Uh, Nora and Randy's date. They are no longer what dating. A, was it a double date? Because I don't remember. I think what he says. Just- That's what Peter says. He's like, we want a double date, and we can get whatever. Which, by um, the way, yeah. which I think this was a clever way of, of, of Nick, as I'm retro-reading now, uh, mm-hmm. That explaining of you know Randy's gonna get a girlfriend and Nora's introduction into the into the series as a prominent member of the you know as even the today's issue that came out literally today I was like oh oh yeah Nora Winters I forgot about her um, mm-hmm. so they're bowling and you see that uh, that Peter and MJ are very madly in love and Peter is feeling the absence of Spider Man as Spider Man right. is a uh, 
no longer a part of his life. And he is uh, just kind of feeling, you can tell Peter feels kind of different. And then the talk about deep cuts and something that I came, one of my favorite things as a kid, I can tell you was the tricentennial makes his return in this uh, issue. And if you don't remember the tricentennial kids or adults or whoever you are listening to this series, <laughs> tricentennial is the probably the quintessential '90s ridiculousness of just over. Just re- I love it. It was part of Acts of Evil, right? Yeah, Acts of Evil, and Spider-Man literally gets the uh, cosmic uh, Captain Universe, uh, the, Unipower. the Unif, the Uniforce, right? Or Uniforce is Unipower, Unifor, whatever it the is, Unipower. It, yeah, Unipower, whatever it is, it's close enough. Yeah. and no one yeah, cares yeah, no one cares well i care i love i love that friend. i have that action figure i i freaking <laughs> love that thing so back in the 90s loki is the one who combined three sentinels together which is just ridiculous um, magic yeah I, I love how three machines can come together because of loki and it's just weird in retrospect when you have the Marvel MCU and it's weird. So, um, and then he came back or it came back, I should say the tricentennial came back, which again was then reforged by a company that Spider-Man had to then team up with Nova back in ASM with, was actually penciled by Mark Bagley back in the day. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And I remember this was my, this is my, uh, my, top of my spider-man collecting days i love these issues i love nova i think bagley's nova is so good i've always and obviously he started on new warriors so you know he draws a great nova but yeah his we we missed out on a mark bagley nova series at some point in our lives um so anyway Uh tricentennial comes back here and it's kind of, and I love how Nick just is like makes it makes no bones about how ridiculous it is, and has the Peter Spider Man attacking him, um, and the, you know basically have recapping of Peter and Spider Man talking, you know, after you know basically Spider Man takes on the Transcendental, and it kind of goes back and forth in time with Peter and Spider Man talking about you know there's something missing about this, or there's something off, and what's what's what i love about this issue and you know as as the issue goes on and it kind of goes between different time periods of, of like the week or whatever the day that spider-man learns through dr kirk connors um through the experiment that ha- that separated them in the first place that there are side effects potentially of them being these two different things being separated from the the two beings or whatever the the machine was that separated spider-man and peter from the original amazing spider-man amazing fantasy 15 Anyway, long story short, Peter realizes that he has all the responsibility and then Spider-Man has all the power, but no responsibility. And side, side note real quick. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, please, please, please. Um, I love the way Otley draws the Tri-Sentinel. Oh, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it, has a very, it has a very mechanical feel to which I get. Right. It's, yeah. Duh, it's a Sentinel, so congratulations you found a mutant murder machine and then uh <laughs> have to make it look much mechanical but it's good to but it's good that you got an artist who can draw multiple layer like draw multiple different textures and still make them all kind of blend together yeah you know straight, straight up this is better than eric larson's original rendition no. <laughs> some, people will, fight you some people would fight you over that i'm not gonna now, hold on now hold on i'm a huge eric larson fan huge i love eric larson Love them, 
But I actually think Otley does a really good job. I, I think Otley and Bagley do a, a, it's a much straight, you know, better job. Which, by the way, if I say tricentennial, it's, when I was a kid, I always called it that. And I know it's tricentennial, so I apologize right. in advance. You're like, what? Oh, what? don't worry. Who's tricentennial? That's how I do it. All right, guys, chill. Just, just, just chill with it. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, the issue ends with uh, Spider-Man getting control of the tricentennial. And and saying yeehaw, and as he destroys a building, and I I, I love I love I, I, and here's the thing I get the fact that we've already gotten the Superior Spider-Man, that we've already got this whole fundamental of what makes Spider-Man tick and what's what makes Spider-Man so different. I get I get it that we it's not too far from removed from all that, but, but it feels fun like a fun exactly. take on it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think, go ahead, Adam. Uh, no, I well, what like what Nick said, uh, Nick. Uh, what, <laughs> um, it, it, it it's it's fun. It's it almost feels it's kind of like carefree. Yes, yeah, it is. It's kind of like a parody, but it, there are as we start implications. Fun, there yeah. are implications. There are consequences. Yeah. And, but like there's 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 the scene there's the scene where Pete there's the scene where after like Peter Spider-Man leaves him on the roof, Peter's yeah. like Peter's Agreed, just testing yeah. Peter's just like testing like it's it's overly committed like it's it's sort of yeah. like the raindrops keep falling on my head montage from Spider-Man oh, too, yeah. where um you know Peter's exaggerating I think it's like he's shoving the hot dogs in his mouth. Yeah. Please come <laughs> reminded me yeah. of that. But like he's climbing up the wall and he just falls down and he's just like lying on the ground. I felt that. I, I felt him lying on the ground. Um, yeah, I I think that this what I, what I love about this issue is the fact that there's you're seeing. I I think you said it, Neil, that it's fun. Like it's not just a, especially in the next issue we'll, we'll talk about. I should, I think Adam, you have next. Um, it's it just kind of and we can go to the next issue too. I think I'm not sure what else you guys want to say about this, but. I can say that, yeah, this this to me was what I love about what, what Slot has done in these three issues at this point, and I think in this whole six issues, is the fact that he's recapping, reestablishing, but he's doing it in a way where he's using what was done before without retconning completely in a sense where he, it's he's ignoring. And I think that is something that is so pivotal in these serialized comic books that we all love to read is that when you can go back, reset things, and use a previous continuity in a way that's not going to compromise, contradict, and undermine what came before, but but honor and uplift what came before, it, sure. it yeah, I, I think Slot is just he's just kicking it, like killing it. He's just killing it, and I Me love. Spencer, yeah, I know a lot of people would not say slot. I, I would say slot did not kill it in that regard all the time. He was inconsistent. Um, but uh, oh, dogs are barking. I can sympathize. Um, Sorry. I I do but, think I do think that like I when I was first reading this issue like back in 2018 because this was this run was so relatively new to me I hadn't had time to set in yet. But there's that scene where um Peter's realizing, oh no, what happens if like you take away the responsibility? Like it cuts to yeah, Spider-Man yeah. hijacking the tri-sentinel and taking it for I didn't see that coming at like because you know they tend to like take it super seriously, but like at that point, I think Spencer was just like deliberately having as much fun as he could with yeah. just like going off the rails and like here's Spider-Man taking 
the Tri-Sentinel that he hijacked for a joyride. Like, at that point, he, it's clear that he's having a blast riding it. Uh, yeah, as well as... yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Um, but now that Zach's back, hey, let's talk about issue four. Yeah, let's talk about issue four. Let's go. Let's just keep, let's just keep Adam. going. Go! All right, let me, let me... I didn't really... I don't have a good recap, but let's see what happens here. Um, oh, we boy. open up this, this no four... There's a poor sap in the jungle still, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> we'll call, we'll call More him, on him we'll later. Him, we'll call him uh, Capitalist Straw Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we, we get back to the story, and so it's like, okay, who's who's behind the Tri-Sentinel? Well, it's everyone's favorite clone saga villain, Mendel Strom, who's back. Exactly. Um, Welcome back, Mendel Strom. And Zach, when was the last time we saw him? That was last oh time. God. Okay, so I I literally did oh, an episode ASM Civil where War I did II. a lot of a lot of odds and ends. Yes, he was in Civil War Two, but before that, he was in a Paul Jenkins story, and that yeah. was. Uh, and I missed the Civil War Two deal because I did everything I could not to read Civil War Two because it was just yeah. Well, yeah, cause I because Mark and I talked about that and. Um, Mendelstrom felt like kind of less of um, an actual threat and more of a plot device in that yeah. story because he's he's the guy who I think in the first issue he's the one who summoned the giant tent like devastator not devastator yeah and then like he's just there to turn clash the dark side yeah you know the irony of, of bringing back the tri sentinel for the for, for this story was the very first Mark Bagley drawn Spider-Man story as regular penciler of amazing was 351, which had the Tri-Sentinel return. Mm. So, and, and now it's all full circle with Bagley coming back on uh, 850. So I should point out like that Spencer takes like an entire panel to show like a montage of all of robot masters, like terrible, terrible costumes. <laughs> yeah. The, like, it, and he does, and he does that later. And this isn't spoilery, but he does it later in uh, ASM forty two. Yeah, where yeah, where he shows like where he flashes back to Eric Larson's Sinister Six run. Yeah, or not the Sinister Six run, but the arc, but the Revenge of the Sinister Six arc, where he has like all the all the uh, Sinister Six with all their stupid like shoulder pads and machine guns. Yeah. <laughs> So like like the actual phrase that he uses was like he was Norman Osborn's partner even created the yeah. even had created the Goblin Serum but he and Osborn had a falling out imagine that which led to his <laughs> imprisonment and eventually his death he keeps coming back though each time with a code name and a costume that's little more try hard than the last <laughs> there's so, sort of like there's sort of like a, it, it's weird because like normally I would get on writers for like you know kind of being that throw away when cavalier with shitting on previously established spider-man lore but like it comes from an era that's kind of like an eat like an acceptable target you know what i mean yeah no, so it, it at least it at least makes sense and like the yeah, and, and, and um there's the video with the there's the instructional video with the lady yeah. from uh the life foundation. foundation yeah and like it, it just feels like an like an intro like i mentioned earlier in the talk, discussion for asm3 or asm804 that um the, this arc definitely felt like a parody of sorts of like what makes spider-man tick and yeah. this sort of um framing device of you know being in a more parody situation kind of comes full circle in here where we really have a 
instructional video from the Life Foundation that he found on Reddit. Yeah, yeah. I do I do appreciate that Spencer's taking the time to do some of these asides, like, oh, here's this guy and you know what he's all this about. This guy, right? Like, yeah. For you know, some people who might have jumped on with this and aren't really as familiar with the history. And so it's like, okay, I'll give you a little crash course. But I'll yeah, make it, a little funny. Just, you it, know. it kinda it kinda wets your appetite. It, it whets your appetite for something, you know, to, to actually go back and be like, okay, I want to learn more about Robot Master. What, what, what's up with this guy? And yeah. it, it gives you enough of a of a little bit where you can, you know, go on go on the uh, on the Wikipedia's and and find mm-hmm. out more. So, so yeah, so we find out. So Robot Master is basically Mendelstrom. Robot Master is basically behind the Tri Sentinel shenanigans, and he's like, well, Spider Man's messed this one up, so. I gotta figure out, you know, how to get it back. <laughs> so, but meanwhile, we cut to there's like an art auction in the park or something, and you know, Looter and his goons come in, and Looter, I, he's you know, he's a guy, he's a you know, a Ditko guy that we haven't seen in quite some time, I don't think. But the last time we saw him was in an event. I think he was one of the Illuminati after Secret Wars. I uh, see. I didn't even know that because, like, uh, last time I saw him in, in a Spider-Man story was literally Ringo. that tribute to Mike Ringo. Because yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I'm thinking that that I'm I'm saying that because that's I know Black Ant. That's where he was before he was in uh, Spencer in Spencer's Cap Run. He was one of the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. And rereading this, can like can can everybody tell that like I I really think Aunt May kind of knows. Mm. I think there's a heavy implication at the very least. Yeah. Along with along with like the plot threads in Friend Neighborhood, yeah, right. So very good editorial synergy. I think. Well, that, and that brings me to this, like I feel like there are a lot of Raimi references in this stuff, just like the inhibitor chip. I know it's not they're not really novel ideas or whatever, but like there's the inhibitor chip thing. There's I think it's in this issue actually four where she like. She's like, happy birthday, and she gives him a check. <laughs> and he's like, I can't spend this. <laughs> right. it's, not a, it's, it's, not, it's not as dramatic as in yeah. uh, Spider-Man 2, where like she like forces him to take it, but it, it feels right. more like you know they had their falling out in the first issue of Spencer's run, yeah. but this is them kind of reconciling rather than like them continuing to divide over right. all their secrets. So, you may kind of pick up the, the recap there, Adam? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, Looter's at this, like, art auction in the park. And who's going to stop him? Spider-Man with his new Tri-Sentinel. Who had, he's, he's painted the face, so it looks like a Spider-Man mask. That's that was amazing. <laughs> it was, was a love that. It was so good. Um, and basically, they destroy the art. <laughs> Helping everybody. But hey, they beat Looter, so it's all yeah, he beat Looter, he beat Stegron, he beat Hydro-Man, he beat Cyclone. The Stegron, the Stegron on its own just gave me like an instant A. So, so I am a little biased. Sure. Um, and meanwhile, yeah, Peter is. Peter's uh, he's watching this on the news and he's feeling kind of sad because he he says he feels powerless. He's at Emma's house and they're talking. And uh, we learn that. Even though Peter's powerless, he's still trying to fight the good fight as best as he can. He's you know walking old old guys across the street. He's uh, you know putting money in the parking meters for people. He's trying to change tires, even though he doesn't know how. And 
Although, unfortunately, it's illegal to pay other people's parking meters in most cities. <laughs> so he gets hauled off by the, the cops. But <laughs> and, and the thing is, that's where, I mean, the, the comedy here is, I mean, Otley and, and Spencer, are, they're both doing, they're doing a great job with that visually, I think. The, the punchline there is, is, is good, I think. All right. Anyway, meanwhile, uh, Spidey is like, he's living it up. He's getting endorsement deals. He's going on talk shows. I, real quick, I would like to point yeah. out, I know we're kind of sidetracking again, but um, I have the original first printing of this issue, okay. which if you don't know the thing, apparently one of the logos that Ryan Otley put on Peter's, like, you know, in Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer when Johnny has all the logos on his on his uniform, it's something mm-hmm. similar to that. But one of them apparently is tied to a religious group from Mormonism, and Otley put that in right. as like a little as, as a little call out but then they had to change it but like i'm i'm wondering how much the speculator value is for this issue because it does not in print anymore anyways so so amy and peter have a little heart to heart he's like i'm thinking about going back to school and she's like i think you should and she's like all right happy birthday i don't know (laughs) i'm getting old i don't i don't remember (laughs) or i don't remember but she's like anyway you know take this and he's like, I can't. And she's like, just do it. Just take it. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just... The idea is, like, Amy thinks that he needs to look out for himself. He needs to start thinking about what he wants a little bit instead of what everyone else wants. And then... You know, meanwhile, Spider-Man is, there's a thing called Uber. It's like Uber for superheroes. They give you rides. He's taking people. Peter confronts you through this. He's like, hey, let's talk. And he's like, no. And Peter's like, I can't do a lot anymore, but I can still use a web shooter. So he hitches a ride on him. Um, for comedy here, because he's hanging on for dear life. Um, and what else, what is going on here? Peter's doing out Spidey for destroying the city while, you know, helping. And Spidey's like, well, that's what damage control is for. <laughs> yeah. uh, very, very timely comedy. <laughs> um, yeah. And Peter's like, Peter's like, we're doing this to help people, not, not really to have fun. You know, Spidey, this, this Spidey guy is like, Oh well, it's fun, you know. Like, and you have to, you know, you have to have a little more fun. He's like, well, it was about helping people. And then, you know, the kicker, one of the the highlights of this is, you know, he's like, well, that's not my problem. And Peter's like, well, I said that. I remember when I said that before. It was Uncle Ben died, and he's like, who doesn't know who Uncle Ben is? Peter's like, uh oh, this guy is. uh, there's got to be stopped because he's too much of a loose cannon. Uh, if he doesn't remember why he's supposed to be doing this, so then he webs him up, webs Peter up to the building that we're talking on, and Peter's like, "Well, uh oh, I'm stuck here for an hour." <laughs> and then the hour passes, and we find that the two rats, the two lab mice that have split. That they've used the uh, you know the science gizmo on. 
they both died because of a, a separation problem. They couldn't live on their own for a long, you know, as time passed, they couldn't live separated. And so, uh, and Doc Connors is like, well, we're going to have to, uh, we're not, we're not going to do the human trials. <laughs> uh, back to the drawing board and you're just like, yeah, it's a good thing uh, you, know, you never did the human trials, but it's like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble here. Uh. And then you go back to Mendelstrom, he's working on robots, he's like, well, I'm a failure, <laughs> I can't do the mad scientist thing right. I know that feeling. <laughs> I'm not that good at robotics, I'm a chemist, he should be called Goblin Master because he invented the Goblin Serum. Um... And then we have a mysterious disembodied voice saying, don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, he specifically says he's a friend that, that knows what it's like to live in another man's shadow. Hmm. He, uh, he, he wants to help out Mendelstrom, kind of have this win against Spider-Man. He says, make a deal with me and I can give you everything you need. Um... So he basically gives him an army of Tri-Sentinels. Well, I do appreciate that he makes a master mold that makes Tri-Sentinels. Right. I thought that was a nice little... Instead of just giving him more Tri-Sentinels, he gives him a master mold. That was a nice little touch. So, uh, now that we've kind of gotten to the to the end of that issue, I want to kind of jump uh, into... Let's let's do the recap of the, fi- of the, of the next issue so we can kind of give... You want, me, you want me to tackle that? I got, I got it. It's fine. Okay. Um, so, uh, back to basics. Part five is uh, Amazing Spider-Man number eight, Legacy number eight hundred six. Uh, all right. So here's the cover for it. Uh, it's got a, a, a broken and bruised Peter Parker. He. Uh, we, the issue opens with uh, with basically MJ and Peter kind of talking and, and going back and forth, and Peter's like, I. I you know, I thought this was what you wanted, MJ, but clearly it's not. And um, <laughs> we then cut back to the fact that Peter Parker is a broken man with his web shooters, and and, uh, and I'll briefly show the uh, opening page, the opening splash page, like boom, like this is not a, Peter Parker's having a bad day. Right. So uh, that, by the way, that that that's a vintage Otley picture right there. Like, that's totally like I, I totally invented. Uh, you know. Like when I see yeah, that, yeah, I agree. Like, but I also, I would yeah. also say it's totally like a reference to like uh, ASM. Uh, you remember the cover for uh, Peter Parker yeah. Spider Man '98? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, very much the. Same. I get the recap with uh, Peter talking about how uh, Peter Parker is Peter Parker and Spider Man is Spider Man. Uh, you know, he thinks about calling Felicia, but uh, that can get complicated. So mm-hmm. then he decides that he needed, you know, that he actually knows another thief that could help him. And, uh, so <laughs> basically boomerang, he basically cons boomerang into stealing. It's a, these, it's a brilliant scene. Yeah. <laughs> into stealing the science equipment. Peter then sets it up as the try. Uh, Peter's like the, you know, or Spider-Man's just kind of hanging out with the, with his little, you know, web hammock. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's more high signals. Freaking Mendelstrom starts thinking, ha, 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 it's finally happening, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> And then Kindred shows up because, you know, basically, Reasons. basically, Kindred shows up <laughs> and to take out, to take out Strom. And 
taking out Strom basically eliminates him from the board. So it's like almost like he's almost eliminating the threat. So Peter and, and uh, Spider-Man are running away, but Peter then shoves Spider-Man out the way. So like the like the core of Peter Parker is, you know, shoving Peter uh, Spider-Man out of the way. He saves Spider-Man. So in the end, he's still a hero. And so then like uh, from now on, I am Spider-Man. Who, like this yeah. version of Spider-Man can't not crack a joke. He's like, from yeah. this point on, I am now Peter Man. So, <laughs> you know, he's like, it was worth a try. And so, grabs yeah. science equipment. Science equipment blows up. They start to merge and fuse together. Kind of, if you look at Peter's face, though, I'm not going to lie. There's a, a lot of hideous scarring on the side of the face. I'm kind of getting yeah. some cane vibes. <laughs> and so, nevertheless, like. Uh, <laughs> You know, Peter and Spider-Man are remerged back together. Spider-Bot shows back up and starts fighting the uh, Tri-Sentinels. <laughs> they go to where the source of of the uh, of the uh, of the attack came from. So it's the old Life Foundation. Then we have Min- you know P- Peter shows back up. He's like Mendelstrom. He doesn't look so good even by his standards, <laughs> considering at one point that Mendelstrom was literally ahead. Uh, you know, he's had better days. So basically, he's like, "Guess my name, guess my name," and uh, all of a sudden, we we start hearing the the tricentinel saying, "Guess my name, guess my name," and they all just blow up. So I forgot about that. I thought that was legitimately like creepy. Again, going back to like the you know, what's her name, the beetle puking up maggots. Right. Yeah, it's not maybe as disturbing as, but it's still kind of a creepy thing. And I totally forgot about rereading that. And that was a that was interesting. So well, that's because we didn't. That's because, like, it, it, with retrospect behind us, we didn't have. Nobody knew the name. <laughs> like, like the, the the nickname that we had given him was Centidemon. Yeah. And so like, so like this added to the mystery, and like, it, admittedly, like it was weird. Like twenty four issues later, we finally got the payoff to that. Yeah. But it, but like, it's very good work on Spencer's part. Like he sets up the mystery, and he kind of slowly mm-hmm. eases you in. Like he doesn't even give you very much detail; just kind of shows like a show of force. And that's it. Right. And so at this point, like, uh, Peter's kind of starting to go, and I wonder who the killer was. And talking it over with MJ. And MJ, you know, basically says, look, dude, all right, tonight you're mine. I'm probably going to have a similar (laughs) conversation with Sarah here in a little bit. Uh, In terms of, you you used up half the night to do this. Um, So... (laughs) Basically, we we then cut cut back to uh, Black Ant and the Taskmaster, and they're, you know, they're basically being interviewed by Not Shield. And (laughs) after some some house ads, there's a big giant explosion. And we then cut back to the uh, to the desert or to the to the jungle. We Mm -hmm. finally reveal who's been hunting people these last several issues. It is, in fact, your boy, your your, your boy, the, the man, the myth. The dead guy, named multiple times, multiple times, the the multiple time dead man. Uh, he he's an X man. He's not. <laughs> he's not. Uh, uh, to share the screen briefly, uh, to give you the final splash page. Bam! There he is, bam. Craven, Craven the Hunter. He's he's here. So we're we're teasing the what would become the hunted storyline. So mm-hmm. next is kind of the setup for that. Uh, some really great uh, covers. If you haven't seen these, um, these are the alternate covers for ASM Volume Five, Number One, aka Amazing 
Spider-Man Eight O Two. If I may, like what when yes. we talk when we talk about this arc, and also there's a nice video game cover. Um, right. When, when we talk about ASM's first arc, there was kind of a lot writing on it, not only for ASM, right. but I think for Marvel, kind of as like as a brand, because you know they just had the Legacy relaunch, and no one, I don't think, I don't, I don't know anyone who genuinely liked the the full of um of Fall of, Legacy, uh, uh, Fall of Parker. Yeah, and um. When you look at that, um, you see Fresh Start, and Fresh Start, while well, it had its clunker titles, like I, I think Tanahisi Coates' Cap is kind of eh, and then you got like Doctor Strange. Th- that was like the the worst of it, and even then, that wasn't like horrible. But like, there was a lot writing on ASM because it was basically like you you take your dark horse writer at that point because Nick Spencer yeah. yep. had a lot riding on his shoulders because he yeah. just came off of arguably I wouldn't say the most but one of the most infamous events Marvel's ever published. Um and- well, yeah I would say infamous event because it was like regarded as this uh all the controversy with cats yeah. a Nazi and all those bull crap. Without remembering the status quo goes back to normal. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Oh, good. Well that it's was- one of those things where people are like, oh cap's a Nazi and, and look people didn't think that, about that's, it. when I when I talked about this earlier in the show it's a, it was a story and sure. people didn't view it as a story because so often we look at the ongoing narrative of, of, you know, Captain America, ongoing narrative of Spider-Man, ongoing narrative of Iron Man. And it, viewing it as a story from a beginning and middle to end, you can start really taking that analysis. And it may not be, it's, it, it, I'll say this, it may end up being regarded as a much better story once the full story comes out, but the controversy was so great. You're right, Neil. There was a lot riding because at this Spencer, point, Spencer, Spencer was like their dark horse. Well, yes, yeah, you know, but we also haven't really talked about this, but Alonzo just got fired at this point. Yeah. You just Sibolsky brought Sibolsky was in. Yeah. Sibolsky was in. Yeah. So Sibolsky's barely getting a chance to start, you know, I think he'd been on, on the job for maybe three or four, maybe five months. Right around the time the Sibolsky comes in, he he makes the decision that okay, Slot's going to wrap up his run with 802. You know, Slot kind of had already kind of had that I think in his mind's eye, kind of where it was at. Okay, he wraps it up with 801. I was really kind of annoyed, truth be told. As much as I enjoyed that last issue of Slot's run because it was actually a pretty decent issue, but the problem is is that now a lot of people are looking at the Sadarsky last issue of a friendly neighborhood. We talked about that while you were yeah, gone. We talked, right? we talked, we talked about that. Uh, and so so you're looking at that particular issue. Um, sorry folks, I had to I had to go take care yeah, of no something. Um, but you know, that last issue of Sadarsky's run was was so good that like slots kind of comes out and it's kind of it kind of ends on a down note, hard. like a whimp, like a whimper a little bit. And whereas 800 had problems, but it was actually like pretty like would have been a really good issue to end on. And then we had this coda with 801. Sure. Um, but I really Sounds think so familiar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, you just we literally said the same things uh, with Neil and, and and Adam and I. Okay, well that's great. See, that's, that's, no, that's I thought good. it was funny. It's just funny. Yeah. It's uh, so for this, you know, this this arc, this arc was so important, and you know, I I wasn't intent. I was really hoping this episode would be only like an hour and a half, <laughs> but 
we blew by that. But um, I felt like we had to. There was a lot we had to establish with this episode, so it's kind of one of those catch me two things. Um, this arc really, really sold me on Spencer. I was like, okay, I the problems that I had with Peter Parker, not necessarily the problems with Spider Man, and the commentary of being so hyper focused on Spider Man. You know, when whenever um, Brand New Day came out, or when Omit came out, I did a, like a big giant uh, editorial where I kind of did like an analysis. Like JMS's run was so hyper focused on three characters: MJ, Peter, and Mary, uh, and, and Aunt May, that everything else got shut out. Then the reaction to that seemed to be: we're going to focus so much on Peter Parker's world that. We're going to focus and, and build up the supporting cast. And so you had all this new supporting cast, extra Bennett. Jonah went through a lot of changes during this time. You know, Peter Parker went through some significant changes himself, but it was like there was a lot of focus on the supporting cast. And especially with volume three and four, it felt like that the focus on Peter Parker kind of was waiting. And the focus a lot was on Spider-Man. It was less well, like the, the, what was it the power play arc the one with Regent that felt yeah. like a ulti- almost a meta commentary on like how much attention Spider Man was getting as opposed to Peter Parker and Peter Parker yeah, yeah and it was it was supposed to be one of those things where and especially because in that story you bring in Iron Man and the the comparisons horrible, by the way be, yeah the comparisons <laughs> between uh, the comparisons between at that time between Iron Man and Peter Parker were significant and it's like okay this is not this did. You didn't feel like Peter Parker. So by taking this time this in this arc to address Spider-Man being so such a hyper-focus, especially with the previous volumes, now, okay, the balance is restored. And let's face it, the experiment to separate Peter Parker and Mary Jane ultimately failed. Mm-hmm. Because when people saw this arc and the, the way they're at reacting and the way they're interacting, it felt legitimate. And even now, kind of retroactively, you can kind of say, okay, how long has Kindred been involved? How long has Kindred been, uh, you know, manipulating behind the scenes, playing sure. the master mastermind? So it's I one of those things. So bad. Like, I want, really fast. I This could be like a four-hour conversation, Zach. Like this yeah, is like – Oh God! Did, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I apologize. I just no, no, no. You're good. You're good. So, so just I go think ahead, please. that's why I think that's why this art kind of captured what you're saying, Neil. Is that it captured the 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 fan base and said, "Okay, all right, we're going to start addressing some things because let's face it, we've been like Sabolsky came in, and I feel like he kind of looked at the Marvel universe and said, "Okay, there are certain things that we haven't been addressing. We've been ignoring the Fantastic Four." We've the Avengers, and they still Iron are ignoring so. the Fantastic Four. Yeah, kind not, of. not 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 as much because they've got like half an event to themselves. Well, but, I, but I, your I point, but your point is lot. valid that like yeah. They, they, yeah, the X the X Men are, are are kind of wavering off. They're not they're not doing they're not their cash cow that we know it, 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 it has been in the past because because he's coming off of the like the big Inhumans push. So right. like now, so now it's on him to take away from. From Alonzo's big Inhumans push and put mm-hmm. the X Men back on the map, and right. so so and like the Hulk, the Hulk at this point was like 
a C-list property outside of the movies. Right, exactly. So you you look at you look at what Sobolski's done. He's he's reinvigorated the whole. There's I'll say this: if anybody was going to write Fantastic Four, I kind of would have been. I was like, all right, slots slots a fit. You know what I mean? Uh, I would have taken Robbie Thompson, but I mean, slots kind of right. one of those. Yeah. Right. Um, Iron Man looks like it's finally going to get kind of its footing back. Not oh, dude. To- Oh, cannot wait for that guy's new run. Can't, Cantwell, Cantwell, <laughs> yeah. Cantwell, and Kafu are like a dream team in heaven. Doom so, is so good. Doom, Doom actually so starts good. acting like Doom again. Uh, so there's a, this is a really good time to be a Marvel Comics fan, and I think Sabolsky coming in with a fresh set of eyes. No offense to Axel Alonso, but Axel was part of Casada's old guard, and it was we kind of felt like it was just Casada's. Casada Jameis part three, you know, yet Jameis so Casada, like, so, then Casada by himself, and then, then Alonzo, and it was like okay, there something needed to change, and I feel like right now we're in a we're in an era with with a good chunk of Marvel right now that it's like yeah. okay, the the the, the publishing mm-hmm. is people are into it, you know, uh, the X Men, the. Uh, you know the fact that Fantastic Four is being published is is a, is a yeah. testament to okay you know this is this was let's face it it was a property that had been d- diminished because of the movies and you know people a lot of people are are really upset about the Fox you know acquisition and all this stuff I understand it trust me I do but for him as a Marvel fan it was so needed because now. Perlmuter, his influence is, is almost gone, it feels like. It is gone. Well, and, yeah. and and also something else to note is that, like, aside from just revamping the characters already at disposal, Sobolski was important as an editor-in-chief because he has experience in, like, forming connections with other groups. So, like, recently um, they brought back Death's Head, who is relatively unheard of. I think he was under IW for a while. Like, he brought back Conan which is a huge deal. They brought, they've got an Ultraman series coming up, but now they've got yeah. Warhammer. Warhammer is a huge market. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily, not yeah. necessarily in like an audience size, but like in how much money they'll throw at a product. It's, well, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's got a niche audience, right? But that niche right. audience can throw a lot of anything. Money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They put Warhammer on it. It's on there. That's a, I didn't know. I don't think death's head was, is a, it's still owned by Marvel. If I'm not mistaken. Like Maybe they, the IDW. They just, was, done, they just haven't done anything. Yeah. 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 And I read that. I read that series. That was a lot of fun. They introduced a young, stuff, a, yeah. Yeah. A young hip death's head, which he wasn't bad. I wasn't bad. You, you hit on something, Zach, that I actually tweeted out a, a while ago about how Marvel is killing it. And yeah. I, I was, I, I almost forgot when I was listing all these different things, of different titles like Immortal Hulk, um, you know, Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, I have forgot about Thor. Uh, I, yeah. and I, I'm not really, I'm not reading Venom, and I, I eventually will. And I, I like some of the stuff they've done, but dude, Donny Cates' Thor is phenomenal. And oh, Venom, Venom. Okay, I am a guy that has a love-hate relationship with Venom. Venom has been, has not been better and more consistent, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I love, I love, I love the Flash. I mean, that was, again, Slot had some really Remender great ideas. Run. The the, the Remender run was good. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah, it was a solid run. But Eddie Brock is Venom. This is the best Eddie Brock story that we've ever seen, and since since his first two appearances. And so, uh, I really, really am. Again, it's just, it's just it's a nice time to be a Spider Man fan. It's a nice time to be a Marvel fan. It is. 
Um, okay, so like, let's go let's go around the horn right quick. Let's give some grades because I'm going to write these down because um, for posterity's gonna, sake. <laughs> well, no, uh, not just for posterity's sake, but I'm going to keep track um, because I, I, I want to see how um, how our grades if our grades change if our grades yeah. evolve. Or so we got Adam. Um, what was your grades on? Uh, what was your if you want to give individual grades or uh, one full grade, that's fine. I think I'll just give a full one, and I'll just I'll just say it's an A. Okay, uh, Paul. A for me as well. Okay, A for Paul. I gave the first issue an A plus. Um, I give the rest of the arc uh, just A's across the board. It's it's a really it was a really fun arc. It was especially really cool to re reread yeah. the the story from the beginning and started kind of getting okay. You know, there's, there's there's these hints maybe or, or as to who Kindred is. Sure. Um, so Neil, what you what you, what you think? Um, I'm gonna go by arc. Um, I'm gonna give it an, a flat A. Uh, specific issues that get an A plus are issues one and two, but um, one of the major it's not even a big criticism. I think it just could have been four issues as opposed to five. I could see that. Yeah, like you've got yeah. you've got the doubles you got like the double sized first issue, yeah. like it, it, if you cut out some of the, I don't want to say fluff because most of this stuff is somewhat essential to the story's flow, but it feels yeah. like the story itself could have been told in four issues. No, you, it's I imagine it's, it's for the it, trade. It, well, <laughs> yeah. Truth be told, but let's face it, this this was even reading it in trade, it didn't feel like it was written for the trade. I, would, I yeah, I would agree with that too. There's a lot of there's a lot of recapping. I mean, he's doing the like he's he's reminding issue. Yeah, you, maybe you missed this, so this is what happened. You know, there's a lot of that. He, okay, I do kind of appreciate. Uh, I Tom DeFalco had an edict when he was editor in chief. Yeah, yep. which issue. was every issue is somebody's every first. First, exactly. He's not wrong. He's and, not wrong. You know for. I know that there are people that make fun of the fact that there was always like some sort of recap in the story instead of just a recap page, which was much of the crux. I, I fought people over it. <laughs> uh, I know. I know you did. We, we both did. We, we, we had, we had arguments about it, but again, he did. A, it's, it's not decompressed. Um, now, granted, there's a lot of story. There's a lot of things that are touched on in this Spencer run so far. And the Kinder story is a very much a slow burn, but right. um, it's There's a slow to every it, arc. It, it, it's a slow burn that I'm kind of like, okay, I, I, it's not so painfully slow that I'm like, okay, this is a slog. There was a couple like the the problem with the Gog issues uh, to give a preview for for a future Watch episode. Watch your tongue, Watch your tongue. Uh, Watch the, your tongue, I, 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 Watch your tongue. I, I felt that the GOG issues suffered from the fact of the timing of the release. <laughs> well, okay. Well, okay. So it one, it doesn't help that it came out in the middle of a pandemic that completely shut that completely yeah. shut That's what I'm down. That's what I'm yeah. yeah. I think it'd been fine if it had been, you know, like only a like only a month or a couple of weeks. But the fact that there was such a big pregnant pause between the two mm-hmm. stories, or between that though, it's not it's not their fault. It's, so I, yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's it's I'm looking forward to rereading it with fresher oh, eyes, like right. in a, like in trade um, format or in, yeah. in a trade format or you know because how we're approaching this show, at least for this first several episodes, 
is because this kind of gets into my final, you know, final parts. I'm, I'm going to eliminate the. We're going to bring back something that uh, I, I we used to do on one of my old on the, one of the old shows, which was recommendations, and that's not going to be this episode because we are almost an hour <laughs> past. Yeah. yeah, we're almost an hour past where I wanted it to end it, but um, as a result, but like I I'm looking forward to the future, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to everything. We're going to be doing things arc by arc. So we're going to cover volume two of the of this era of trades. And then once we get caught up, then we're going to be doing this uh, once a month, you know, once a month for the when the second issue comes out, we'll start getting, you know, things together for recording. Um, I like I say, I'm really looking forward to uh, to recovering things like hunted and re looking at that from with, from fresh eyes. Uh Hope that uh, everybody that's watched this video um, has enjoyed it. Um, there was probably some some technical issues, and, and uh, you know I'm learning this software. This we're using Streamyard. Uh, I'm learning it kind of on the fly. I've used it before, but I never used it from the from the producer's standpoint. So I like I say I'm looking forward to uh, to our next episode where we're going to be covering the next arc. So uh, guys, next any- two arcs. Next two arcs, yeah, because there's technically, technically yeah, te- technically two arcs. So uh, I think there's like one, what, what, three issue story and another. There, yeah, yeah. The, fir- like the first one, is the first, the first one's two issues. Second arc is three yeah. issues. So yeah, yeah ne- the next five Welcome issues. Of, uh, next five yeah. issues. So we we'll, we'll tighten this up. This is this again. We had a uh, we had to do a lot of introductions this particular go around. But uh, like I say, guys, thanks for thanks for hanging in. Uh, I hate that uh, we lost Brian and Billy. Um, thank you, thank you, uh, whatever the hurricane name was. Uh, we but lost, we lost he- we, we lost Henry Abrams and Bald Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, it's not meant to be a slight. I'm just saying he bears a sterling resemblance to Henry Abrams. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that, oh, that, that that that. Let's not talk about that. We could talk about that for another hour. But no, I'm yeah. really excited. I'm really excited to have Billy's perspective. I'm really excited to have Brian on. Can't wait to for you guys to see guys like uh, like uh, Greg and Kelly, and uh, really looking forward to our our next chapter. So I hope uh, this extra sized episode was to your liking. Uh, if you want to follow us on our various social medias, let me. Uh, I'm going to share my screen right. Quick. All right. Uh, so we have our Facebook page, SpideyDude.com, home of the Spidey Dude Radio Network, uh, at Spidey Dude Radio Network. Um, and then we have uh, Spidey Dude Network uh, on Instagram. Of course, you can always go to our front page, spidey-dude.com. We have the latest episodes of Amazing Spider-Man Classics. That's going to be continuing on uh, those re-releases. And then, uh, of course, we have our Twitter page, which is at Spidey Dude Radio. So um, definitely check us out on our various social medias. Uh, we I post try to post things all the time. And, yeah, so... I'll with- leave a Discord. We, we, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot to mention the Discord. Uh, if you go to our front page on spidey-dude.com, I'll just go ahead and uh, share the screen again right quick. Uh, pull up our Discord, and I'll drag it right here. Uh, this is our Discord right here. Um, of sodas? <laughs> <laughs> our Discord uh, of sodas? That no, no. This is this is our general area. So you, uh, if you join the Discord, this is where you're going to start at. We have our newest issues where you can discuss the latest issues. 
each one of our shows will ha- has a uh, has a Discord to it. So we got Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, Mayday Mondays. Uh, any site updates? We'll have it on on this particular group. Uh, my one of my personal favorites is the action figures because I love action figures. And there we go, Tyler. There's his uh, Leo Pardon, uh, Spider Man, and then of course we have our our own post personal like uh, theories on who Kindred is. So if you want to uh, want to take to be a part of that, you can always go to spidey-dude.com uh, as the site loads for me. And uh, right there on the very top right-hand corner or on the sides, you can see these links. Uh, and then, of course, you have our links right here. I'll make sure that they're on the mobile version if you're looking at us on our, your phone. Uh, these all should also show up on the tablet version as well. So uh, with that, I'll stop sharing my screen right quick and then uh, go from there, guys. Any uh, just last last thoughts? Just uh, exciting to do a, uh, again, first episode into the uh, new Spidey Dude uh, experience. And uh, I'm excited for future Spidey Dude episodes. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready to uh, keep going deep diving into the Spider-Man mythos with all you guys and, and people who aren't here, obviously, as well. So, so yeah, you saw Sarah. She's also, like I mentioned, she was gonna be on the, she's going to be on the network as well. Uh, we've got some really great announcements. Be sure to look at our social medias in the front page. Uh, we're also looking for uh, reviewers and people to work on the front page. So if you want to join, there is a, a uh, thread on the front page. I will uh, put it sticky probably tomorrow. Uh, and, well, it, it's up there by the time you see it. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll – <laughs> We'll see you guys next time on episode two when we're covering the next uh, two arcs of Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, with that, we will bid you a good day or a good night, depending on when you're listening. All right. Like I said, that is the end of the episode. And uh, next episode, we'll be covering uh, volume two of the Spencer run called The Friends and Foes. Here on the Spider-Dude Experience, we'll see you guys in a week. <laughs>